Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing each week's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. And I am Jordan. No announcements this week. We'll be jumping right on in to chapter 1020, then later chapters 263 to 273. Here we go. All right, 1021, Demonio. That's a fun little hint of things to come. Yeah, pretty big hint, turns out. <laughs> As it turns out, yes. <laughs> Lots of tears here on that front page. But, uh, Indeed. They also got drinks, so, you know, it's a good balance. Yeah. I'm pleased that Frankie and Senor Pink did as they promised to get together for drinks and presumably talk about Senor Pink's wife, but kind of wish it had happened in canon, like in a panel or two, like in the epilogue of the story, perhaps. But I was hoping for it too much. This is probably all we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice little snapshot. We can fill in the blanks with just that. Indeed. They've got cheese, they've got martinis, got some cashews or something in the far, or close to us, farther from them bowl. That's quite a fancy bowl. Indeed. And uh, their leopard bartender is equally distressed by the story being told, so a sad one indeed. Senior Pink's fine, though. Like, he's he's numb to this at this point, apparently. <laughs> indeed. He's been living the story for many years yeah. now, so. <laughs> Makes it even sadder. Indeed. I suppose we'll jump right on into the chapter proper now. Jumping right on back into Robin versus Black Maria. Hands and large bodies a-flying. There they are. Yeah, hands, legs, arms, bodies, everything. Quite so. Maria here comments that uh, Robin made quite a large body. It's probably pretty exhausting. She almost immediately confirms that by doing the classic huff-huff. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but she's not worried about it. <laughs> she's not. Probably should be more worried than that at this point, but eh, it's good to have the confidence. Yeah, she's hoping to settle it with this next move, but uh doesn't turn out that way for her. Throws out the sea serpent snapdragon, gets some wiggly hands a-flying, grabs onto some legs, goes for the head. Doesn't work out. Yeah, I feel like she kind of underestimates Black Maria at the start of this. Like, yeah, Robin's pulling out some big moves, but, like, this is a this is a powerful enemy. And she does pay the price for it, for sure. But it, uh, I don't know, it feels a little, I guess, out of character? I guess so. I mean, she definitely underestimates her in the sense that she doesn't know all that she's got. Like, almost immediately on the following page, uh, she doesn't know about the... The poison-tipped feet that this spider right. has for some reason. That that for sure makes sense. The Well, no, it doesn't. But <laughs> her not knowing about it makes sense, right? But her forgetting that she has this, like, bladed weapon, that part feels weird to me, I, I think, is really the core of it. Uh, that's true. She definitely should have at least anticipated that Black Maria would fight back. Yeah, right? Like... Like, you can see it, you could probably try to grab it with one of your many arms, but... That's true. I guess they, they needed to show that she takes damage without, like, you know, going straight for something more brutal. Quite so. But she 
bats off for a hot second when the poison-tipped feet start to come into play, allowing Maria to counterattack with webs aplenty, binds all the arms that I can see, and exposes Robin for counterattack. Not good. Not good, Robin. Watch out. Black Maria just jumping over the real Robin again is, is a little weird to me. If I were her, I'd probably just go for Tiny Robin, right? Yeah, just <laughs> make that hop slightly shorter and just land on top of Small Robin and be done. Yeah, you've already <laughs> restrained Big Robin, so like, what are you, what are you worried about in this situation? Or is she just having fun? I don't know. I think she's just having fun. I don't think Maria gets an opportunity very frequently to beat on a face as large as hers. I guess that's so, uh... true. Yeah, like she could probably spar with the numbers, but as we said, she seems even big compared to them. Quite so. And she even says on the following page here, it's so nice to beat on a nice big target. So she's just enjoying herself. That's true. I mean, I thought that was more, um, more of like a jab at robin to be like you messed up like you Mm -hmm. you think you're so smart but here you are actually making it easier for me i didn't really take that as like a oh man i've been waiting for this but i could totally (laughs) see it indeed things go either way or perhaps both yeah that's true but on one of black maria's punches robin decides to go ahead and cut her losses and dissipate the uh the large body which if her hands can continue to exist, don't really know why the big body had to be there at all. That's a good point. <laughs> huh. Because <laughs> she goes in with more hands, like, immediately after this, but... Yeah, was it just intimidation there? Was it... Yeah, I guess so. I mean, no doubt it looks cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but, like, we were talking last time about how creating clothing would take extra energy. Like, if you don't need the giant body, that would save you a lot of energy, too. Indeed. And Stephen commented on right at the beginning that making something that big is tiresome. Yeah. Hmm. Quite so. Uh, Big hand assault continues. Doesn't work out. Puts up a a barricade called a barricade because that's her name. This Uh is pretty good. Got us good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it turns out this (laughs) spider face can also breathe fire. I guess so. That's a spider thing. It looks cute when it does it, too. Yeah, no doubt about that. It's got a flame dial in its mouth. (laughs) Ah, gotcha. Confirmed (laughs) right now by us. Mystery resolved. But sets the webs ablaze. Marie Arson. Now there's fire everywhere, too. Not good. Things are looking down. So much fire. (laughs) Quite a bit. Um, Maria throws some more jabs at Robin and Sanji. You both suck. I hate you. Nothing you can do against me. I'm big and strong. Are you sure you don't need that ghostly skeleton's help? Uh, Brooke knows. She doesn't need help. She's doing just fine. Yeah, this this makes me kind of wonder, like, how does Brooke... Well, obviously Brooke just has, like, faith in his companion. That is a thing. But, like, mm-hmm. does he know about these big moves that Robin's going to pull out? Has she, like, shown these off to people or told them that she can do this? Uh, my guess is probably not. Brooke just has a general confidence in her combat abilities. Because um, Robin isn't like the most open of people. Yeah, just you know? making sure I didn't take that the wrong way or miss or forget something. It could be that like off screen it's been shown, but uh, yeah, don't think so. We'd have to see that in like a flashback or something. Indeed. 
Speaking of flashbacks, though, we get a brief one into Robin during the two-year time skip. She's chilling near some ruins or something, chatting with Koala, Sabo, and uh, that guy whose name I've forgotten. The, uh, the fish man, karate man. His name will come back to me, no doubt. Um, you'll um, get it before I do. <laughs> maybe. Um, both Koala and Sabo are offering to teach her some moves. Fishman friend doesn't think she needs it. Plenty powerful with just her grappling moves, her joint locks. But they're quite insistent, and Robin, <laughs> without much resistance, just says, yes, that's fine with me. Please do. Yeah, what else is she doing, right? Yeah, pretty much just kind of chilling at the moment. May as well do something productive. Mm-hmm. They're all hyped up about it. Robin thinks to herself that she's actually already shown off these palm strikes before. We had a flashback to, I think, when they were going down to Fishman Island. She uses her big hands with a palm strike to push them away from like a rock formation or something. Yeah, it's definitely an evasive maneuver. Indeed. Then on a separate day, judging from the change of outfit, uh, Koala teaches her the Fishman Karate secret art. Which Robin goes ahead and shows off. I think this is pretty cool. I think mixing in Fishman Karate with her powers is a, a great addition. I agree. It is pretty tight. Um, she uses it to great effect. She sends a big old hand with a palm strike shooting out of Black Maria herself. Uh, uses it to strike the ceiling to drop a whole bunch of rubble down to put out the flames. You really think that's coming out of Black Maria? Uh, Yes. I guess you can kind of see the bait. Yeah, I guess so. I had assumed that it was like the floor behind her because she doesn't, she doesn't seem to recoil from it. Like she doesn't get pushed down. Uh, no, but she's got a, a lot of legs. <laughs> I'm not worried about her being able to support herself. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> she's pretty beefy. All right. I guess it's not confirmed, but the way I'm looking at it on both panels where we see it, sure does look like it's coming out of the butt. Oh yeah, the first one. Yeah, it does. There should be some physics going on there where she gets pushed down, because <laughs> that's a lot of force into the ceiling. I, but that's you... also a lot of leads, like I said. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> uh, she did She did see it forming, so like maybe she had time to brace herself, I guess, yeah. True. But, like I said, smashes the ceiling with a Fishman Karate Palm Strike, smashes up the ceiling real good, fire is put out, and then uh, on the following page, <laughs> we see something much different and much scarier than uh, a Fishman Karate Palm Strike that is not addressed at all how she does this nope. in this little bit. Apparently, Robin can turn into a demon. Yep. Uh, uh, and, but, like, <laughs> but, like, how does... Okay. What does it mean, though? Like, why... Why wings? Why horns? They're not really helping her do this clutch that she's doing. She is very dark, but also not so much in, like, the the actual big panel. Mm-hmm. So, like, what I what is going on? I'm sure it will be addressed perhaps one day. But uh, my current speculation is that she's making the wings, horns, the teeth, I guess. Because she's got sharp teeth mm-hmm. now, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are all just a construct made out of hands. Um, I mean, sure, yes, but like... Because it has to be, because like, she's also physically grown quite large as well. So yes. that entire Robin is just a construct, I would imagine. Yes. Um, 
but like why why it has to be that way uh i don't know to be scary as all heck i mean it is it it is it absolutely is like it is huge um but like where is she where is she getting the energy for this she was she was huffing at the start of this and now she pulls out an even bigger move it's crazy I mean, I guess Black Maria has been, like, insulting her and her companions repeatedly. So, like... Indeed. Some sort of rage boost, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this is not armament hockey. Like, she would have used Man, that against the bladed maybe. weapon, wouldn't she? I would think so. But, uh, maybe... I mean, if it is hockey, which it could be it's drawn in the bid panel very much like how it Una looks... draws full body hockey yeah but also like demon and darkness kind of go together so i could see that like but she's never been able to like change her body's color when she's making constructs i mean she kind of can maybe because she can make clothes but if robin was able to use full body hockey all this time why was she saving it for just this big move? Can she only use it for like a a brief burst at the moment until she gets better at it? Well, with this much flesh, I would imagine. So, yes. Like, true. this is a yeah. lot of body to cover. She is doing all out. But it would have also been useful to do not full body hockey just before when she was like defending, like you said. Right, exactly. More details, please, Oda. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need them. We're dying for them over here. I think it's very funny that we go from here is an explanation across two pages about how Robin's going to smash the ceiling, even though Fishman Karate wasn't really needed to do that. No. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we turn the page and we get this whole whole mess of stuff. It's such a <laughs> weird flow, right? Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was expecting an open palm strike to, you know, any part of Her Maria. Core. Yeah. yeah. Like but here we are with an even bigger move. Like, well, hmm. I do still like it. It is sick as fuck. But uh, I just want to be told what's happening. Right. I at least want to know if it is hockey or not. I want that confirmed mm -hmm. <laughs> one way or the other. Like the details about why it's wings and horns and all that crud. You know, she's trying to be spooky. Fair she's enough, been called the uh... de She was the demon child, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, this is a callback for sure. We get it. But, like, I thought she was trying to leave that behind type deal. I, I don't... Uh, I, hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I would be doing that in her case, but maybe Oda will find a good way to explain it. Here's hoping. There's no way that this has to do with Awakening, right? Like, no way. I don't know. I mean, it would be certainly breaking the mold of every other form of awakening for Paramecia as we've seen so far. But again, it's only been two examples. That's so true. That's true. not exactly a pattern here yet. No, I, I just don't even know. I'm glad it's happening. Like, I'm glad Black Maria is down and apparently Robin could, like, wrestle Monster Point Chopper and win. But uh, <laughs> it's, it just feels so weird. Agreed. Moving on from that for the moment, though. We pop to the following page where Brooke gets his time to shine. It seems that while all that was going on, Brooke set up two ice walls with a little crack in between them so they could just barely see what's going on to tempt them into lining themselves up and then let's lose with a big ol' orchestra slash. 
shaped like a treble clef. Classic Brooke. Yeah, what a trickster. Yeah, that tricky, tricky guy. How do we feel about this? It was very easy. Like, <laughs> if this is all that Brooke is going to do, just be the support role, like, fine, I guess. But it also feels kind of empty to me. Like, there wasn't much of a reason for these lower people to even stick around, right? Like, Indeed. One and Could done. have just been done with them last chapter when uh, Robin palmed them all in the face. Yeah. Um, this this doesn't really serve much narratively. I don't know if we've seen this orchestra strike before. Um, definitely have not. Okay. Well, we, we get to see that. So, cool. But... Brooke deserves a real fight. <laughs> I agree. Um, and the fact that this orchestra slash is on a big old whole page, much the same size nearly as a, what Robin got the last page, kind of makes me think that he won't get much beyond this. Somewhat concerned. But uh, in terms of Brooke showing off his strength, though, he did take out a number in like one big attack, which previously has been reserved for, like, Gear 4 Luffy and a big ol' attack from Drake. And uh, I forget who took out um, Hachi, the number 8 number. Well, this is but, at uh, least the second hit, right? Because, as we said, Robin hit him. So there's that to consider. That's true. Indeed. And I'm sure he wasn't just doing nothing <laughs> during the rest of the Robin fight either. Probably not, yeah. Uh, but also, like, they're just standing there they're not like putting up a defense or a fight or any like he got the drop on him true so yeah it's it is definitely powerful because he also takes out what like six other people at the same time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and smile users so not chumps but yeah but again basically even so. a sneak attack doing okay indeed we'll see where brooke goes from here he seems totally fine so out of the people like the straw hats on onidashima he's Doing the best in terms of, like, HP remaining, yeah. basically. Does he get tired? I, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me questions <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> Indeed. Considering how Brooke functions is too much for me on any given day, pretty much. On the following page, though, we wrap up with the last two. Uh, Robin's real body is all tuckered out. Brooke goes to catch her. Seems that... uh. One of the Marys has still seen this happen, even though Bao Huang is down last we saw. So I guess these things can function independent of her. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, not sure how. I guess it it's probably tied to the paper and the eyeballs, but we still haven't seen so. any real explanation. It's not always the case, but usually when devil fruit powers are involved if the wielder falls unconscious even like passive abilities of it just kind of cease to be like when sugar fell unconscious uh all the toys turned back to normal that kind of thing but it's not always the case like with moria he said that if he fell unconscious all the shadows would still be where they are that's um, true so i guess we'll just have to wait and see what's going on there Bottom back to the port that Luffy and Co. were chilling on. Seems that Caribou has made his presence known. Fortunately, he came equipped with a whole bunch of food in his swamp body. That's going to bring Luffy back up to full. Feels good. 
Yeah, you say he made his presence known. I'm guessing he got found. <laughs> uh, I suppose so. I mean, he knew that something weird was going on. He could probably hear to a certain extent what they were hunting for. And he wants them to win just as much as anybody. So sharing his food would work out in his favor. No doubt he didn't anticipate how much he would be giving up. <laughs> but uh, that'll work with what we got. I suppose that's true. He he does kind of go between uh, good and not so good. But overall, he leans towards at least like helping us reach our goal most of the time. Indeed. But only when it also means he's going to reach his. <laughs> uh then we pop into what is perhaps the most interesting page of the bunch that we get this time. Shinobu and Momonosuke are chatting a small distance away. Momo wants Shinobu to use her ability to turn him into an adult. She has confirmed that she can do it. Doesn't want to, but she can. Uh, so that he will be more useful in the fight to come. He wants to turn into a giant dragon, help Luffy get up there, and perhaps do some tussling. How are we feeling about this? I think probably the most interesting part of that is the fact that his mind will still be that of a child. He knows all of these risks that he's taking, basically, and he's fine with it. I I respect it. It's going to be interesting to see, because in theory he wouldn't have like complete control automatically over his adult body dragon form because he doesn't like using the dragon form now and it's going to be different when he's older but indeed but i also have some concerns i suppose on how like big and strong this will even make him like he's got odin's genes right so with effort and age he would probably be able to be pretty strong if he like trained but is this going to take, like, potential training into account? Or is he just going to be, like, roughly the same build as he currently is? Like, a pretty skinny kid, just, you know, man-sized? <laughs> is this really going to help him fight all that much? It's... Well, I, I, I didn't even think that he was going to fight, really. I thought that this was mostly just to get Luffy up there. Um, he doesn't need to do that. He can fly Luffy places with his current height. He's done it before. He hasn't liked it. Yeah. But... Well, do we know like limits on that? Because Onigashima was still pretty up there. Um, and if he was going to try to take anyone other than just Luffy, like you, you start pushing it at that point. I'm sure. True. I don't think we have like a. It's that distance that he previously traveled, but no doubt floor to floating Onigashima is far more height than he had to do on that last instance. Yeah, so like, I could see that. And, well, is is Onigashima over land at this point? Do we know? I'm pretty sure it is, because I actually considered this at the end of the last chapter. When Luffy is, like, shown at the beginning, then, last chapter... Mm -hmm. He's, like, flumped down body is facing away from where the waves are splashing up, right? And then later he points behind him, right, inland, 
towards Onigashima when he's like, fly me up there. So, yes, it does appear as though Onigashima is above land now, getting further and further away. Okay. Well, I mean, I was going to say that, like, if he messed up or got tired or whatever, he would fall into the water. But, you know, falling onto the land, probably as deadly from a certain height, you know? (laughs) Indeed. Not for Luffy, but certainly for Child. Right, yeah, yeah. But I, as to whether her power is going to take anything into account, I have no idea. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is, this is still a manga, so I would assume that he will at least be, you know, a normal person. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, you know, worthy of being on Luffy's crew level type deal, but... Yeah, I guess why does it need to happen? Is he taking someone other than Luffy? I don't know. It's a mystery. I mean, if he's planning on taking, like, John Bart up there, I can see needing a a giant dread in to make that happen. He's a pretty beefy lad. But, uh, I don't know. I still don't know how useful Momo's going to be in the conflict to come. But my hope is fairly. But uh, just not sure how they're going to make it make sense. I wonder if he's going to look Momo, uh, I mean, much like Odin does or did before he died. Then we're going to get a Kaido Enaru face when we get up there because he thinks that it's Odin come back from the dead to fight him. That would be pretty good. Yeah, because he never had any of the like shapeshifters working for him, did he? So he wouldn't even suspect that. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he murdered some of them. How cool. That's true. (laughs) Now that Robin's fight has concluded, and it appears as though Brooke's fight has concluded, all of these straw hats have gotten their scuffles, aside from presumably the two big ones with Sanji and Zoro versus uh, Queen and, again, we assume, King. Two questions then. As the resident Robin lad... How do you feel about this fight, just kind of overall, with the two chapters we got? And uh, which was your favorite of the more standard straw hat fights that we got? The Robin fight was bonkers. Like we we said, we just said it. There was not enough of an explanation, at least not yet. Like, I could see Brooke asking her, like, uh, what was that? (laughs) Answers, please, Robin. Yeah. So if we get that, then, and and that's a good explanation, then, you know, I love the fight. It was great. She got a huge power up, and at that point, it would be grounded. So no problems there. Uh, if she got hockey, like, whoo, boy. <laughs> she is, she is terrifying. But Indeed. Like, we'll, we'll wait to see what happens with that. Which of the fights was my favorite? So we had Ulti versus Nami, mm-hmm. uh, Frankie versus Sasaki, yep. Who's Who versus Jinbei. I guess you could count the little scuffle between Queen and Chopper if you like, and now Robin versus Black Maria. Well, yeah. So on any given day, my top three straw hats are Brooke, Robin, and Sanji, right? Mm-hmm. Brooke's usually lower than the other two, but... They're pretty close to interchangeable. Uh, Sanji hasn't had a real fight yet. Brooke doesn't get a real fight. (laughs) Doesn't seem so. And Robin's was weird. So, like, 
this is a this is a strange position that I'm in here. I liked Frankie's because it had you know a little bit of the comedy aspect mm-hmm, in it. Mm-hmm. Choppers, eh. <laughs> <laughs> like I had to see Caesar Clown with that one, so I don't know. At least we didn't have to see Dangster Destino. Hate that. Guy. Cool, that was a close one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm still going to say Robin overall is my favorite just because, uh, you know, she did get to do a lot of cool stuff and I'm hoping for that explanation. I think I more or less agree. Uh, I think I've made my opinion on the Nami ulti fight pretty clear as it was happening. Yeah. Jinbei, it was cool to see him like get a tussle. He hasn't really gotten a solo full fleshed out fight previously. So it was cool to see like the details of what he can do. But it was also mostly just a thrashing, which, you know, is fun to see. But, you know, I prefer my back and forth, relatively equal footing type fights. Frankie might beat out Robbins just a little bit, just because it did have those comedic elements you mentioned. But I also have to factor in how this is the first Robin fight we've gotten in like 15 years. So uh, that might oh also, <laughs> indeed. Uh, so that yeah. might also, just the anticipation of that might beat out Frankie's for me. Um, so I'm going to call it a tie, as far as I'm concerned. All right. And I do share those same concerns with the Robin fight as you do, but it was also really cool. So even if we don't get an explanation, I'm not going to dock it too many points. <laughs> a few, yeah. for sure, but uh won't bother me too much. Yeah, um, and like baseline, they are all good. Indeed. Like, I don't I don't want anyone to misunderstand that. They, they're... I mean, we've waited so long, especially in Wano, for this. Correct. I'm mostly just pleased that these people got fights at all. They were all like a chapter or two long, and that was plenty for me. Pretty happy with how they turned out as a whole. But, unless you have something else to add, mysteriously, they don't have like a date for the next chapter coming out like they usually do. It just says, to be continued. But on the website itself, it does say, coming in. 13 days, so it does appear as though uh, there is a break next week. So we will discuss that when it comes. That takes us on into the reread segment. All right, here we go. We're doing 263 to 273, from Enru sneaking up on people to challenging him head on. That sneaky god, always pulling tricks and electrocuting people, mostly to death. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's it's real cool. <laughs> um, okay, so we start off with Nami and Ganfor avenging Usopp and Sanji by mm-hmm. taking out Hotori and Kotori. I, I don't think they were hurt much aside from maybe their noses. <laughs> pretty gross that these dudes just farted into a dial for a while in order to prep for this battle uh yeah not a fan of them but it did almost work out for them kinda they had the edge at the beginning a little bit (laughs) uh yeah i guess so really they only needed like two moves to take them out though so indeed once they actually started fighting back with a fair grip of what was going on uh didn't take much to put them down no and I'm a-okay with that. Indeed. When Konis and Pagaya meet up with Nami again, it looks like Nami instinctively holds up the unconscious bodies <laughs> of Usopp and Sanji to, like, 
hide behind. And it's a good move. I don't think it's going to help you much, but it's something. Yeah, very cool of her to hide behind <laughs> the near corpses of her friends to protect herself. <laughs> very dope. <laughs> They're already basically dead. She may yeah. as well try to help herself any amount she can, right? <laughs> they can't get worse. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This is One Piece and their main characters, so they've got that uh, little bit of plot armor on them. They won't actually die. <laughs> I love plot armor sometimes. <laughs> Let's see. We get confirmation in this chunk uh, that electricity flows through the Milky Roads, just like through water, which is... I guess, like, it, it makes sense, but you would imagine with with how many different types of cloud there are, it would at least move, like, at different speeds through different types of it or, or something. We've actually seen him blast lightning through Island Cloud before, and it didn't, like, zoop through the entire place with that. It just made a big old hole in the ground. So it does move differently through different types of cloud indeed like the milky road is like basically liquid pretty much it, as opposed to the island cloud which is no doubt much more dense um so yeah, yeah. i think you're onto something there right Furious. it's 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 a nothing for sure <laughs> but uh we like talking about the world building and i don't i don't know if oda necessarily thought of that but like <laughs> Evidence kind of points to yes. Indeed. Talking about One Piece visits is certainly fun. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, right? Yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. Robin easily beats Yama by outwitting him, turning his power against him. Yeah, funny how both of the Robin fights that have happened the last 15 years end up on the same episode. <laughs> Weird, right? <laughs> like, it's it doesn't make much sense to me, but here we are. Uh, she also throws out a line that I really enjoyed that was, uh, history always repeats itself, but we can never return to the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Obviously, most people have heard the, the first bit, but I like that little addition on the end. Indeed. Uh, it's pretty sick how Robin's priority in the beginning bit of the fight we saw last week uh, was just get Yama away from this important historical stuff. And that's really the only reason she was struggling at that time, right? She was fighting defensively, trying to lure him away. But as soon as they are a reasonable distance and she can actually, you know, do her thing, she just brutally thrashes this man. And it's not even close. Like, <laughs> good lord. Yeah, I imagine she she had that plan from the start. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I think that's very good very fitting she was like snapping his fingers and like flipped around his at style so he like stabbed himself in the stomach a whole bunch of times she noticed how round he was and had some fun with that indeed <laughs> uh pretty sick um yeah definitely struggled more with black maria than uh this scrub <laughs> no doubt about that <laughs> yeah but also yeah. had roughly the same level of ease dealing with them once she actually got serious you That's know, true. That's a good point. When she pulled out the big move in the Black Maria fight, you know, one and done right there. Should have just done that from the start, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you could probably argue that with a lot of fights in a lot of manga, but like, <laughs> no doubt that's about not that. fun. <laughs> Reiki, at the least, believes that Enru's Rumble Rumble fruit is the mm -hmm. strongest Logia fruit. Mm -hmm. uh, not sure where she got the info. Or if it's accurate, 
but it doesn't really matter much in this moment. I have a couple things to say about that. It's definitely not <laughs> the strongest Logia fruit. Uh, it's very strong, no doubt about that. But, uh, for example, Kizaru's light fruit, that's, yep. you know... <laughs> Blackbeard. Indeed. Um, but I don't, like you said, I don't know where she's getting her information from. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't seem like very many devil fruits exist in the sky. Yeah, <laughs> she knows about Logia, though. Indeed. Like... She knows like how they're classified, but... Yep. I can't think of any other like native Shandians or Skypeans who have a devil fruit aside from him. <laughs> uh, me neither. They definitely have commented on it before, though. Like, they know about Sea Stone. Shura knew. Oh, uh, Genfer's bird, Pierre. Oh, that's true. But uh, that's not a Logia, and it's not much of a competition. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> no. But it is. It is a devil fruit. Correct. Um, maybe there are legends from their past or whatever yeah. that have been passed down but to be this accurate and th there's no way that a legend could well i guess the fruits are recycled well two things about that i don't know if it's been mentioned in this chunk or in any of the chunks up until now but enaru wasn't originally from skypea he was from a neighboring sky island called like bika or something something like that and I think mm -hmm. it stated that he had destroyed Bika before coming to rule Skypea. That sounds familiar. So mm -hmm. the Rumble Rumble fruit, in theory, would have originated there, not here. Um, mm -hmm. Which kind of pokes a small hole into my next thing I'm about to say. Is that it seems possible, uh, certainly not confirmed yet, this is all just speculation based off very little evidence as of now, that uh, Nika, the sun god, is connected to Shandia, and thus perhaps Shandia has a connection to the true history of the world, and if we fudge it a little bit, perhaps the origin of Devil Fruits is kind of bundled in to that, maybe. So if that's the case, then, like you said, perhaps like legends of like the origins of Devil Fruits would be recorded in Shandian history somewhere, and perhaps Rocky and maybe the rest of them would have a little bit of insight into that kind of thing without you know having actually seen devil fruits themselves but if enaru's devil fruit originated from not skypea or shandia depending on where he actually found it uh that doesn't really check out very much well no i think i think it still does because not in terms of the that specific fruit but yes in general well no i mean the island existed before, right? And they, it existed at the same time as Skypea. I would imagine mm -hmm. that someone named Nika the Sky God would have no problem getting from island to island up there. Like, anyone with well, lightning powers, like Enaru, could easily get from island to island. Well, sure. I would think that Nika himself probably predates, like, Shandora blasting into the sky. Because even back in, like, Caldera's day, the city itself was kind of abandoned. It was an ancient city even then. Um, but if the if the fruit was blasted into the sky with Shandora, there's any number of reasons it could have made its way to another sky island after that. So I think something is to be said here. I think your theory still holds water. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. 
guess we'll find out maybe one day uh could turn out that nika and shandia have nothing to do with one another and uh this is all nonsense but uh again fun to consider yeah i like it for now like indeed (laughs) it yeah it fits so well with the whole premise of what we're doing here Speaking of the rumble rumble fruit, though, unless you had something mm. specific to say about Rocky. No, please. Uh, you know that bit where Kamakiri, the guy with a spear, encounters Enaru and he's like, I'll sit here for five minutes, so do what you want, and I won't do anything. Remember that bit? Yeah. That bit always confused me a little bit in my youth, and still does a bit even now. Uh, the way Crocodile describes it in Alabasta... The reason he, and I would assume other Lodias, would be immune to physical blows is because he has trained his body to instinctively turn to sand when he's about to be struck, right? Um, And that also is kind of supported in Alabasta. It's for the purpose of gags, but Smoker is hit hit from behind by Luffy, and he and Ace are both sent flying at that time, right? Which wouldn't Mm -hmm. check out if he, like, passively turned into smoke when he's being punched right but here enaru is able to phase through attacks by turning into lightning even when he's asleep so how how does that work (laughs) mantra dude even when he's sleeping well i mean a is it real sleep like i guess he could have been pretending yeah oh for sure he loves a good gag um but like his mantra is also the most powerful one that we have seen. So like, yeah, I could totally see the dude being paranoid enough to have trained it to go while he's sleeping. Absolutely. That's the only way I can justify it. Is it really? I can't think of any way it made sense otherwise, unless Oda just kind of decided to brush that aspect away immediately after introducing it in Alabasta. But uh, yeah. I think Enru was just fucking with him. I think that is more likely than Mantra while sleeping. So that's going to be my headcanon about this moving forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good thought. It's the easier explanation. Quite so. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So, um, you, you good on Enru's stuff? Yes. All right. In chapter 267, right after Zoro is dropped by the Southbird... <laughs> There's a really good double-page spread of Zoro and Ohm and Wiper and Ganfer. They're all looking real serious, and they each get a sound effect of a bam. And then it pops in over to Luffy with a quick foo uh, before jumping to the snake for a final bam. And that is just comedic gold right there. Indeed. Leave it to Luffy to break up the seriousness for a hot second. (laughs) Yeah, Luffy had some real... He he was the comedic one here, kind of. Like, he had his song. He had that moment. Uh, right after this, he, like, is seen in the stomach when, when Nami shows up. And, like, his clothes are so tattered and he's got a walking stick. It looks like he's <laughs> been in there for a week, even though it's been, I don't know, maybe an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's very good. I very much appreciated that. Poor Luffy. And it takes, like, ten chapters you, like, actually know for sure where he's been all this time. So, I mean, it could be, you could have guessed it far before this, of course, but uh, you don't get, like, hard confirmation 
this is where he is. He's been inside the snake all this time. Surprise. Until he's been in there for like 10-ish <laughs> chapters or so. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that it was the full 10, but yeah. Um, so, en- Eneru's vassals have at least some mantra, right? Mm-hmm. And when Ohm was sort of doing his countdown thing, where he was talking about the animals and the people and yada yada, he didn't count the people that were inside the snake, even though they were alive. So, like, do you think it's that the snake kind of, like, shields it from that, or is the fact that the snake is alive and is all around them kind of makes it uh, impossible to tell. That's the way I've always interpreted it. I can't imagine just like being like inside of a snake somehow acts like a a shield against it. But I would think that just having two smaller mantras inside of a larger one just kind of makes it muddied and difficult to tell. I mean, yeah, I think that's that's probably more accurate. But uh, yeah, with the whole blast bazooka thing not doing anything to the skin, I was like, oh, hmm, yeah. maybe it just kind of it's like a like a blast shelter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is certainly that too. That snake is very tanky. <laughs> yeah. Well, up until the end, indeed. Once Enru gets involved, he's a uh, not so much, but uh. Tangan moves that were hurting Luffy, at the very least. Goodness. Strong lad. Yeah, well, wasn't it called the ruler of the sky or something like that? Indeed. I would hope that it's tough. Too bad that's still one tier below God. (laughs) That's true. Uh, So, back to the actual fight with Ohm and all them. Uh... Really all it takes to finish this one off is Zoro remembering that he has three swords. Uh, he does some <laughs> quick math and eliminates Ohm with relative ease, honestly. Indeed. He takes some hits because he's dealing with a really tricky weapon, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, he's, he just, he thinks back and he's like, hold on, I did, I did one of those throws. But what if I, I have three, three swords... <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> um, crunch the numbers here and see if we can sort out a solution to this mathematical problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do like that his um, like power scale up for this arc is split over time. Like, I think that is narratively much more interesting than one big spike. Uh, so it's it is a it's a cool way to do it, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, not how it's used, pretty much at all moving forward. Uh, but in this instance, pretty good. Right. It's also yeah. a little bit lame that he's like struggling, pretty much the entire fight, but then he just he, he's just like, okay, I'll just use three swords and just power through it, <laughs> pretty much. As soon as he gets it a is. clear shot, but he was also having a hard time hitting the guy, so. That was really the issue from the start, I guess. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Perhaps I was slightly too harsh three seconds ago. I'm sorry, Zora. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> yeah, he'll, uh, he was already on his way, but mm-hmm. he got lost. Mm-hmm. So you're lucky. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we, yeah, we chose 273 as the ender, uh, and like the closing frame of 273 is really good where, um, Zoro, Robin, Ganfer, and Wiper all challenge Enaru. Um, but I can't help but imagine that Enru was kind of confused by Robin just kind of standing there. <laughs> like, Zoro's got swords, Ganfer has his spear, Wiper has a bazooka, and then Robin's just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> just giving him a casual wave. Hi. Yeah. Greetings. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like to think that that at least made him take, like, a second thought to be like, what, huh? Indeed. Unless he was perhaps using his mantra to, like, kind of listen in on the individual fights happening across the island. But unless that very specific thing was happening, he should have been very confused. <laughs> yeah, maybe... I don't, yeah, I don't know how mantra works, but, like, maybe he saw or heard a body that was, like, growing and then shrinking a lot, and he was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Very strange. I would imagine that, like, when Robin, like, uses her hands like that, sprouts them all over the place, would her mantra signal, like, become larger and then shrink when they go away? Would they count as individual so. life forms? Oh. They don't have, hmm. like... <laughs> I would imagine it's probably the first one, but, uh... But, like, what if she put something really far away? Is it connected yeah. by a thin line there? I don't know. There's no way for us to know, obviously. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, that final panel and everything else that Enaru does in this chunk really does set him up to be a truly unbeatable guy. Can't be hit. He's super strong and super fast due to his lightning body. And he one-shots everybody he fights, <laughs> including the snake that the wiper yeah. couldn't even hurt. <laughs> yep. The so. the <laughs> Nothing has been bigger than that. Uh He's he's up there on the, the scale of baddies. Indeed. Sure would be unfortunate for him if someone who was completely immune to his abilities showed up pretty soon. But uh, uh, Usopp's still out of commission. I don't know what you're talking about. He could get up. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be fine. He bounces back every time. Quite so. Takes a lot of heavy hits, that guy. He's the one standing, and Enaru is also still standing, but on the moon. So, joke's on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll teach him. Yeah. I think those are all of my specific notes for the week, actually. Okie doke. Just gonna power through my brief list of gads, some of which you stole from me as we were going, but uh, I'll forget They were just you. too good, man. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, the first thing that happens in this chunk of chapters is Gidatsu trying to escape using the milky dials in his shoes and blasting himself even deeper. Uh, oh, what a ding-dong. Indeed. What a goofball, that guy. In this chunk, Chopper also gets so spooked when he wanders into the ruins and the dog is there that his antlers and his hat both pop off his head for a second. <laughs> uh, that's not supposed to happen, Chopper. You're supposed to keep those things on your head, silly bear. Yeah, you're a doctor. You should know this. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Zoro just kind of struggling with that big south bird across like three chapters. <laughs> oh my god, it's called a south bird, dude. Think about Indeed. it. Indeed. He didn't consider the implications of what he was dealing with. Um, but uh, ultimately it did work out for him. That whole kerfuffle ended up putting him right where he needed to be. So <laughs> lucky you, Zoro. Somehow alive. Indeed. Tanky guy, that Zoro. Um, and then... 
Holly the dog. He's either... <laughs> <laughs> that guy is either intelligent enough to obey any order given. He just kind of understands human speech. Or Ohm taught him some very specific and perhaps unnecessary commands. Yeah, like wait or something? Didn't that make him stop? Uh, indeed. That one I'm not so worried about, but the one immediately after where he was apparently taught to bonk his head on a rock and fall unconscious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not sure what he was thinking. Maybe he just wanted to know if he could do it. Ohm. And, you know. That was that was their training regimen every day. <laughs> indeed. That's why Ohm had no hair. Correct. They did it together. Understood. <laughs> um, but that is all I had. Everything else we covered as we were going. All right. I guess that is it for this week. Yep. Like I said before, the release date for the next chapter is not listed, but it does seem as though there's going to be a break. Uh, expect the next episode when it drops. Feel free to send in your thoughts on the new chapter via email to inheritedwillpodcasts at gmail, on Twitter to at inherited underscore will, or simply in a comment on the YouTube video. And then before we actually go, there is one quick thing I would like to address. Since the last episode went up, and in fact since yesterday, we just hit 1,000 total downloads of the podcast. Ooh. A big milestone, as far as I'm concerned. So I wanted to give a quick thank you to everyone who's been listening these last few months. Jordan and I have been having a good time doing it, and I'm glad that people have also seemingly been having a good time as well. Thanks for that. Yeah, we'll keep doing it as long as there are people to do it for. So, thank you. Indeed. Um, with that all out of the way, uh, thanks for listening, and we will speak to you again in two weeks. Bye-bye. So long.